This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. <laughs> and this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious. Actually, today we did cook something. We did. Eat it all, which, well, we ate as much of it as we could. Yeah. And you can't have any. And that part's true. And today's episode is about Korean barbecue, which we are very full of. We are. You know, usually we tape this show starting around like 930 in the morning. Which we we did. We usually do two episodes. Today we started then. We did an episode on Little Debbie snack cakes. Which which you've already heard. You may have already heard. Uh, in fact, right now I'm eating a Little Debbie Nutty Buddy. Yeah, no, and if you haven't heard that episode, you should go back and listen to it, or this one won't make any sense. There's a lot of continuity <laughs> issues. Yeah. Anyway, and then Matthew and I hopped in my car and drove to the U District and mm-hmm. had a little Korean barbecue lunch. Yes, at uh, Palmy Korean Barbecue on the Ave mm-hmm. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And we liked it very much. We did. We did. We are really full. Let's yeah. go down memory lane because Matthew, hold on, wait, I'm going to okay. go first. Today was my first time doing Korean barbecue. I mean, sort of. We've well, done Japanese so, style so Korean barbecue together. Matthew and I have now traveled to Tokyo together twice. Mm-hmm. And on this more recent trip, we went out twice for yakiniku, which is grilled meat. Yeah. And it's Japanese style Korean barbecue, and it's not really super different. It's not super different. What is awesome about it is you're allowed to cook with charcoal indoors there. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you're sitting at this like little charcoal grill type situation that has a hood directly over it. Still, it is like scorching hot. Yeah. You leave there with like flushed cheeks, uh-huh. and you definitely need a lot of like ice cold beer. While you're while you're doing your cooking, anyway, and the quality of the meat in Japan is like outrageous. Yeah, it's really nuts. So anyway, it was uh, like a. I, I think, I think I'm gonna have to wait until someday I go back to Japan again, in order to truly have that level of yakiniku greatness. Yeah, like I, I I know I've said this before, and like it's not a new observation, but like there are so many things in Japan uh, that are done all the time that would be illegal in the U.S. because they're dangerous, and yet people people in Japan live so long, it's actually a problem. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the lesson there is, but I guess the lesson is like probably you should have a, a pile of burning coals at your 
at your dining room table. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. You will be absolutely fine. That is our promise to you. <laughs> so will your children. In your fact, children will be we're going to put it in writing. <laughs> anyway, but today we're not talking about yakiniku. We're also not talking about grilling well, I think over we charcoal. are talking about yakiniku because I put a whole section oh. of it on the agenda, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. okay. Okay, but anyway, first let's start out talking about... Um, but the, wait, this is still our Korean barbecue. It is still our Korean barbecue episode. episode. Okay. I have no Korean barbecue on my memory lane. Okay. Memory lane, still closed. Okay. Um, I have uh, some Korean barbecue on my memory lane. So I don't know when the first time we went there was. There was a Korean restaurant in uh, near downtown Seattle uh, that is now closed. It was called I Shilla. Drive past it all the time. Yes, on Denny in, in Seattle. And it's uh, it closed a few years ago in some kind of really weird scandal, um, and uh, which, uh, I don't know, you can Google it. But uh, my family used to go there, um, I think I think maybe even like, uh, de- no, definitely before we lived in Seattle, like when I was a kid, like that was my first Korean barbecue experience. And like, as a, as a meat-loving kid, this blew my mind that like they would bring you a platter of raw meat and you can cook it at your table. Mm-hmm. And it's still pretty great. It is still pretty great. And what I think is interesting about it too is like, the assumption that you will want to cook your own meat and that you will know how to do it is fascinating yes. to me. Yeah. like Because uh, I was going to say, I think that there are not a lot of like traditionally like what we think of as. Uh, wow. You're really, you're really like. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a way that is culturally sensitive. I was going to say there are not like in, in the. In what we think of as like American food, mm-hmm. like be it like food from like the southern states, uh, like slave populations bringing in amazing dishes uh, or like among other populations in the U.S. There are not a lot of like sit at the table and cook at the table things. No, are there? it's sort of like, you know, backyard barbecuing is popular, but you don't usually like get a bunch of kids to like gather around the grill <laughs> and grill their own burgers. Indoors. But it, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so that's sort of like what Korean barbecue is like. Yes. I mean, I guess like if you've got one, of the, do you remember on our raclette episode? Yes. Wait, did we do a raclette we episode? <laughs> or we, fondue what? maybe? Fondue maybe. Anyway, but where we asked people to send in a uh, a drawing of what they thought this raclette making device that I described would look like. Most of right. the drawings that came in looked like spiders. Yeah, or an octopus, yeah. Anyway, I feel like that's the, the French Korean barbecue. <laughs> Oh, raclette is the French Korean. Bar- Got <laughs> yes. it. Yes. That make I was like, why did you even bring up raclette? But now I completely understand. You're right. Yeah. No, you're you're cooking around this like central mm-hmm. device at the table. Well, it, it's 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 also fondue. Sort of like, fondue. Uh, fondue is like the Swiss hot pot. It's okay. Okay, right? great. Okay, it's and, the Swiss hot pot. Okay, so everything, everything, Let's relate is, everything it, back to a particular type of Asian cuisine. Okay. So, oh, mm. this is, all right. So. What, what is, is American sushi? I was about to ask. So, like, okay. I mean, but, but American sushi is a thing. But if if like sushi did not exist in America, what would constitute American sushi? I think it's the Little Debbie Swiss roll. <laughs> sure. Uh huh. Or, but it's like something where you put something on top of something else. Yeah. 
Um, do you think that the rawness is key? No. Okay, because I was going to say in the states, like we don't have a lot of like raw meat eating, do um, we? No. And I mean, among among white Americans, I think I think I've got it. I think the American sushi is an open faced sandwich. There you go. Although Which is also a French tartine. Yeah, I was going to say that's sort of like dangerously European. It is dangerously okay. European. I have more memory Hold on. Lane. What about American um, ramen? Oh. Spaghetti I mean, chicken, and meatballs? Chicken noodle soup? Chicken noodle soup. Yeah. There you go. Chicken noodle soup. Okay. All right. Anything um, else? Oh, wait a minute. I'm okay. not done. All right. American sashimi. Oh, okay. So that's... Uh, uh, it's American like- carpaccio. It's yeah. Uh, it's I think American sashimi is Swedish fish, except maybe oh. that's Swedish. Are Swedish fish actually Swedish? I think Wait, maybe they are. Are you talking about the gummy, or yeah. are you talking about like pickled herring? No, I'm talking about the gummy. What? <laughs> well, you don't cook it, Matthew. What are you doing? Okay, let's just get on with this episode. <laughs> I have more memory lane. Okay, okay, so keep going. For many years now, I think I think if if we do it this if they do it this year, which I I hope and assume they will, this will be my twelfth year. I think maybe um, I've been a judge for the uh, Korean Korean American Coalition of King County um, or uh, Puget Sound area Korean barbecue contest. Uh huh. Um, and so like it's it's fantastic. It's usually held at Seward Park. Uh, the public can come. You buy a ticket. The judges are usually me and a couple of people who are qualified. Okay. <laughs> no, it'll be like me and uh, and like a chef and uh, someone like a local news anchor or journalist. Do they journalist. have like actual Korean people judging this thing? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. Good. Okay. Um, I mean, usually, usually at least one. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's and so it's usually the Korean American Professionals Association versus like the Korean American Health Professionals versus the uh, lawyers, and so so like and they're not Korean. They're just, <laughs> just they're just the lawyers. So the the uh, the Korean American to, Bar Association. They're there to litigate. Yes, they're they're exactly like there's a lot of of drama and intrigue and uh, ballot stuffing and no, it's great. Um, oh God, it's it's like the the 2016 election. Yeah, the state. No, it's exactly it's- the opposite of that. Like everyone is happy when it's over and 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 full, um, and everyone everyone gets along really well. Um, anyway, like this is this has been like one of my favorite things to do year after year because um, uh, like everyone everyone is super nice and I get a bunch of. Free meat and like get to give my opinion. Are you judging like different cuts, like different categories? It's is all there, like, the kalbi, short rib ca- which is short ribs. Ah, so okay. everyone, so it's it's really just how well you can uh, like source, marinate, and grill your short ribs. Cool. Yeah. Have there been repeat winners? Um, I mean, yes, because usually only three teams enter, and it's been going on for eleven years. Oh, so, okay. Wait, now I get it. Okay, so there's so the lawyers, team. the medical professionals, and the something, and the, the uh, professionals. Yeah. Okay. Do they wear it's, team it's, T-shirts? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god, this is so cool. It's great. Yeah, you should come. Okay. When does it happen? In the fall. Okay. Usually like September or October, I think. I'll keep you posted. Great. Okay. Cool. So, uh, what is Korean barbecue, and is it actually like a, a dish? in Korea like do people do this in Korea or is this like an like a western permutation yeah people absolutely for sure do it in Korea cool 
Um, so Korean barbecue is meat, usually marinated pork or beef that is cooked by diners at the table. Like, you know, it's, it's a wide enough category of food that all of these things are kind of negotiable. Like we had one thing today that was marinated and one not, Mm -hmm. and we could have gotten a, like a cheap lunch special at the place that we went where they would have cooked the meat for us. Mm -hmm. Like getting to cook the meat yourself is a privilege that you pay for. (laughs) Um, oh, we just paid for that, didn't we? We did. And the uh, the marinade always includes soy sauce, sugar, and garlic, and usually includes sesame oil, pepper, and often a tenderizer such as grated Asian pear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like the most popular meats are bulgogi. A, it's going to be like a thin sliced tender cut of beef, galbi, which is short ribs, and uh, dueji bulgogi, which is uh, spicy pork belly. And so what we had today was the galbi and the uh, dueji bulgogi? Yes. Okay. And they were both very tasty. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it is always served with various banchan. We got, uh, like, I think eight little dishes of stuff to nibble on. Mm-hmm. We had two different kinds of kimchi. There was a napa cabbage and a cucumber kimchi. Yeah, there was uh, fish cakes. Um, there was, like, a spicy pickled daikon and onion thing mm-hmm. that was really good. Mm-hmm. There was a, like, This a, is a real you-can't-have-any kind of episode. It was so delicious. I'm very full right now. Me too. Yeah, we brought meat home. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, ever? bringing meat home. Oh, God. Okay. So anyway, will you tell me the history of this stuff? Okay. I didn't know anything about this. And I most of what I learned is from an article that we'll link to in the Smithsonian Magazine about the history of bulgogi. Um, so it has taken a long journey through time. According to, so this is a quote from the article. Like Marty McFly? It's it's a lot like Marty McFly, yeah. Although, Did it involve a DeLorean? Now that I think about it, like Marty McFly only covered. He went back to like 1885. Oh, I forgot he went, about that. He went back to like 1960 or something. 1955, right? yeah. Okay. That was his first journey in time. So that was like 30 years back. That was 30 years back. He went forward to 2015, but really he only covered a 130-year span, even seems though he like had a, a time machine. Seems like a real waste. Like, he didn't want to, like, pet a dinosaur or, like, like... I mean, he really should have read The Magic Treehouse because, he I mean, have read what the Magic those Tree kids House. did, like, first and foremost, they were like, we're going to go meet some knights, we're going to go meet some some dinosaurs. Like, they had their priorities straight. Have you, you've, you've read some Magic Treehouse? A little bit. It hasn't really stuck for June. Um, like, the thing I remember about Magic Treehouse... Um, um, and like, I guess I could like pick on the author of Magic Treehouse mildly since she's made <laughs> millions of dollars writing Magic Treehouse books, right? Yes. Um, is that every time they like invoke the Magic Treehouse, like everything spins around and then, and then the, par- the paragraph ends with, and everything was still, perfectly still. Oh, I've not noticed that. It's in every book, I think, unless I'm confusing it with another series, which is possible. And every time I read that, I'm like, oh man, this author, author thinks she's like totally got her catchphrase. <laughs> And I guess now that I think about it, it she worked because I remembered it and she sold a million copies. Yep. So I have nothing to criticize here. Absolutely not. Anyway, so just like Jack and Annie. Right. Are those their and names? Marty. Uh, they probably ran into each other. Korean sometimes. barbecue has traveled through time. So according to the peer-reviewed Korea Journal, the dish's origins stretch back to the, the Goguryeo era, 37 BC. I put a real uh, Japanese pronunciation on that. Apologies. 37 BC. BC to 668 AD, the evolution of a kebab-like skewered meat preparation called makjok. Hmm. But that didn't really evolve into what we think of as bulgogi or Korean barbecue until around the turn of the 20th century. Korea had like more 
unimaginable, unfathomable ups and downs in the 20th century than most countries. Yes. It yes. Was, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think some of us have heard of those things. And because beef is a luxury ingredient, the popularity of Korean barbecue waxed and waned along with the fortunes of the country. Mm-hmm. And so now now that, that Korea is a very prosperous, that South Korea is a very prosperous country, uh, beef and Korean barbecue are very, very popular and have been so since like the late 80s, early 90s. When do you think that it became a thing in Japan? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I mean, would that have been as recent as like after the Korean War when there were yes. a lot of Korean people settling in, or in the midst of the Korean War when there were a lot of Korean people yeah, settling and I think, in Japan? And I think even after that. So like like the, the um, you know, like truly like like middle class, like like most families can go out and afford beef, um, you know, life in Japan that we see now, like really, really dates back to the early 80s. Okay. Um, wow, I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, so the Japanese economic expansion started like in the in the 50s and lasted uh, till like the early 90s. But like, you know, in, in the 50s, Japan was still very poor and, and rebuilding uh, at least in the right. early to mid fifties, and so like to get to get to the point where where like you know uh, most people have like disposable disposable income to to go out to eat like still took some time after that. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Back to Korea. Okay, I have a question about bulgogi. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you you hear about it as a part of bibimbap. Mm -hmm. Is the word bulgogi, is that a reference to a particular cut of meat or like the marinade or the way of preparing the meat? Or is it? So as I understand it, and this could definitely be wrong, it, it bulgogi refers to a thinly sliced tender cut of beef that is marinated in a particular way. Okay. And, right. and can then is like you know typically grilled, but like you know you can certainly like cook it in a pan on the stove at home, which I do, and and it's still bulgogi. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
this is great. Yeah. So then it could show up in different contexts. Yeah, I remember like I've got more memory lane. Like when I was when I was in like middle school, maybe um, a friend of mine had their family got had an exchange student from Korea. And like they had people over for, for uh, homemade bulgogi. And I thought this was like one of the most delicious things I'd ever eaten. And I remember they had like this garbage pail, like full <laughs> of full of marinating meat, like just this massive vessel. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, can we do this every night? What I think is really interesting about the, the marinade for it is that it is um, so it like hits all of these flavor points without being notably spicy, without being Mm -hmm. like notably sweet, without being anything like mild. It's very flavorful. Like it's interesting because we think of like, I think of Japanese cuisine as really not being very spicy. True. For sure. But then we have other, you know, other cuisines around Asia, not necessarily particularly close to Korea or Japan, but like, you know, Thailand, where you're getting all of these like fresh, like really Mm -hmm. spicy chilies and things like that. What I find so interesting about the marinade for Korean barbecue and so many of uh, like other Korean flavors that I've gotten to try is that it's like this um, really flavorful, but not particularly spicy or sweet or salty yeah or tangy. it's really it's, like, it's really right? well balanced and like balanced. i think korean food does kind of have a, a reputation for being spicy but it's not usually really that spicy it, it you know it uses it's it, not like uh like some sichuan food that i've had like that almost made me feel nauseated right it was so spicy yeah because yeah we had the spicy pork today and it was a little bit spicy but it was you know everything was really well balanced yeah and like i love how the marinade is designed to burn a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. you know, this is something I always warn you about, like an American barbecue, like don't put the marinade, don't like put the, the sauce on too early or it'll burn. Right. And like, you know, Korean barbecue is sliced thin and you want it to char a little bit. It totally, it, it charred like right away, but it was perfect. It was really sweet. Yeah, it's very, it's so, it's very balanced. Yeah. So I can imagine why as a kid, even as a kid, like encountering those flavors for the first time in Portland, Oregon, it was very likable. Oh, yeah. I mean, it had meat and soy sauce and sugar and like green onions and sesame and like it, it was all the things I liked. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So, was there anything else you wanted to tell me about Korean barbecue? Wait, we should talk about like what, like there's going to be like a list of meats and like, and like what should you order? Sure. Cause I, I found that challenging. I sort of deferred um, to you. Cause today. I, w- I wanted to go pretty basic. So today we, we ordered two meats today and uh, it was the uh, Colby unmarinated short ribs. Cause uh, I wanted to just like see what the basic meat was like. And it came with dipping sauces and then the spicy pork. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figure like those, those two and like some sort of uh, like bulgogi or, or uh, more tender beef cut, like are the, are the basic things to try. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that there were any like unmarinated meats, but then I guess, you know, they, they brought this little, this little dish that had three wells in it. And one had what kind of seems like the marinade mixture. Yeah. And one had like kind of a sweet chili sauce mm-hmm. and one had sesame oil with salt and pepper. Yeah. And if you like when I first took a bite of the the kalbi that was not that I had didn't dip in anything, it was it I was mean, fine. It, right. But, but I mean, but but it's that one's designed to be dipped. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, I'm just I was surprised that they're that they weren't all marinated. I'm also designed to be dipped. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what that means. 
Um, it's how you like to dance. Yes. You like well, to dance with a partner who's going to dip you. Oh, I think I would love to be dipped. Really? Yeah. <gasps> I mean, when I was a kid and why was I watching? You know what I used to watch I that I bet that, had dancing like that was the yeah. Barbara Mandrell show. I think I don't remember. I think I remember the name Barbara Mandrell. I love the Barbara Mandrell show. It was like a country music variety show. I think I remember this. but I, Anyway, yeah. but hold on, hold on. Back to dipping. I think that you and Lori could work on this because Lori is, <laughs> so she's taller than I am. She's uh-huh. what, like maybe 5'7"? Five, 5'9". Five, nine. Nine. Okay. So she's, you're what, maybe 5'10"? Yeah. Okay. I think you guys are well matched in terms of height here. Okay. okay. I think that, that Lori would be able to manage your manly <laughs> mass <laughs> and get you down into a dip. And once I was down there, could I just stay there if it, if I liked where I got dipped? Yeah. I mean, I think if you did a lot of stretching, probably, okay. I think... I think it could you could might feel a little tight. When Hashtag you first goals. Yeah. Dip goals. Dip goals. It's going to be a little tougher for me and Ash because Ash is uh, like three inches shorter than me and very slight. So I think that I might have to be the dipper, but I love being dipped. Could you could you have like June stand on Ash's shoulders and they wear a <laughs> yeah. trench coat? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question. Who's Diplo? <laughs> Nice one. All right, go um, on. Okay, so uh, as you mentioned, we went to we we went to Japan recently, and we had some yakiniku, which is the Japanese version of Korean barbecue. And boy, did I spend a lot of time going down internet rabbit holes trying to figure out like what is really the difference, because there's really not much difference. Wait, can we talk about the the name of the uh, the first yakiniku place we went? Oh yes, I can't believe I Would didn't put this on the it? agenda. So. It, this is not really the name of, of the place, but uh, when I f- was look, first looking for a yakiniku restaurant to try in the neighborhood that I like to stay in in Tokyo, I looked at uh, the the Google, the, the English language Google Maps, and uh, it right right up at the top of the list, a place called Roast Family. And I'm like, okay, I don't care. I don't care what the reviews are like. We are going to Roast Family and we are going to be a Roast Family. And uh, it turned out to be like my favorite Yakiniku place. It the actual delightful. name is Yakiniku Kazoku, which is like Yaki roast, Roasted Meat Family Restaurant. Okay. I need you to write it down for me. Or maybe, okay. maybe you can... It's R-O-A-S-T-F-A-M-I-L-Y. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Anyway. So, wait, so wait, I need you to write this down for you so the next time you're in the neighborhood, you. Well, I'm I'm I've got a couple of friends who are going to Tokyo oh, soon, okay, and yeah, I yeah. wanted to send them to Roast yeah. Family, but it's, it not really is, Roast it's not family. actually called Roast Family. It's not actually called that. I will be happy to send it to you. I'll post a link, spilledmilkpodcast.com. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great restaurant. It's great. On a a kind of perfect but slightly painful note, June burned her finger there. Oh. And so then we actually were a roast family. Yeah. Like we roasted our kid. That's that's great. Yeah. Um is she is she okay? Oh, she was fine yeah. like 10 minutes later. No, I think I think like that's uh I think <laughs> I was going to come up with some like 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 parenting reason why it's good that your kid burned her finger. She was so excited about cooking. Yeah, though. she was like into it. And what I loved about it is they gave each of us a set of like meat tweezers. Whereas today at the Korean barbecue place we went to in Seattle, yes. they just handed the tongs to Matthew. They thought I looked like the dipper and, and like, you looked like the dippy. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. We had a young female server. I was irritated. Yeah, but I mean, uh, to be fair, then I said, would you like the tongs? And you said no. 
I was I was pissed. I'd rather um, be right than happy, Matthew. One thing that uh, that you always can do at a at a yakiniku place in Japan that I have not really seen at Korean barbecue in the U.S., but I'm guessing might be part of the Korean barbecue experience in Korea, is that for any given cut of meat, you can order it in like two or three different grades. So oh, like the regular so cool. or like the top grade or the ultra premium grade. And like they're not necessarily better as you go up. They're just more marbled with fat. Yeah. But – but they're all good. And also, if your grate gets too, I am um, great. if if your grate gets too gummy and like you know mucked up by all the beef gunk, yes, they will bring you a new grate. Yes, and like if you if your charcoal burns down and like you want to keep cooking, they'll like bring you a new bucket of charcoal if necessary. I was amazed by the amount that people ordered and grilled. Oh, like I, it, yeah. I, it was fascinating to me. Even the amount that they brought us today in Seattle at, was it called Palmy? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a shocking amount of food. Yes. Oh, I, I brought home plenty of leftovers. Yeah, it was enough food for four people, and, the, and that was just like the normal serving size. Yes. So, I don't know. Anything else? I, I feel like we're, I feel like there well, may be things on. we're neglecting. We should talk about doing it at home. Have you yeah. ever made it at home? Oh, one other thing I want to say about yakiniku, which again, I don't know like to what extent this is part of the Korean barbecue experience in Korea. I assume much more so than in the U.S. is that um, awful is a big part of what people go to yakiniku restaurants for mm-hmm. in, in Japan. Like it's not a taste that I've acquired, but like if you want to grill like uh, various organs, like that is that is where you go to do it, and there are a lot of people who really love that. And what would be the typical organs on a menu? Oh gosh, um, so definitely like like uh, intestines, mm-hmm. liver. Um, there, there's like there was like stuff I didn't even know was an organ. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but hold on. Hold like, on. you know, something that would be translated in English is like, you know, like the soft stomach or something. Oh, cool. Okay. Interesting. The intestine, would that just look like kind of a, like a, a flabby sausage? Well, I had the intestine stew at the temple on New Year's Day. Oh, that's remember? true. I and it, forgot and it you looked, did. It, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like a flappy. Sausage casing. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. very good. Nice. Okay, hold on though. Have you made this at home? Have you like marinated meat? Yes. And like, uh, well, I don't. How did you cook it at home? Just, just in a skillet. Okay. So it's not, it's not the same as grilled, but it's, it's you know, marinated meat cooked in a skillet, so it's still great. Okay. And do you? Could you point us toward a recipe? Yeah, definitely. There's a bulgogi recipe in my book, Hungry Monkey. So you should all go out and pay full price for that book. Nah, just kidding. Um, so <laughs> but, yeah, but we should. We all should. I mean, not that book, maybe. <laughs> oh, I think that book is is great. Oh, thank you. Um, and I actually keep it so. Matthew, as you may recall from other episodes, that's right. There's one book I keep that you keep certain select cookbooks on a specific shelf because they're the cookbooks I reach for the most often. And Hungry Monkey is there. Oh, then I think you've got my bulgogi recipe. I do. But for the listeners, I will I will make sure we post it at spilledmilkpodcast.com. We we like redid our website, and the episodes don't actually live there anymore. But if you click the episodes link, it will take you to the place where the episodes live, and it will be in the show notes for the episode. And you can go visit the episodes where they live <laughs> that's right we we sent we sent it, our episodes uh, to a farm upstate where they can like frolic with episodes of other podcasts <laughs> like 
Um, They're grass-fed. Yeah, exactly. Like our, our Little Debbie episode made friends with a recent Planet Money episode. But definitely not with a Sporkful episode. <laughs> no, Dan Pashman, our episodes are not mingling with yours. Dan Pashman hosted the most recent episode of Planet Money. It was great. It was about uh, like restaurant, like like how restaurant design and like where you put this table and uh, you know that sort of thing affects like how much the restaurant makes. It's great. I love Dan Pashman, and I I, I, I know envy we're so him. jealous. He's so much better at this He's than than so we are, and more and more successful. Okay. And you know, I think it. I think it's because he puts in more effort. I wonder if it's possibly because it's his full time job. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Korean we barbecue. We can do everything, but Dan Pashman could do we if can? we just did it forty hours a week, Matthew. I I I don't kind of so. don't think so. Like you know, he talks to actual people and, and like about important things. <laughs> I'm not an actual person. Uh, well, we're I mean, finally like, letting the listeners know. I, I was gonna say <laughs> we're actual people to each other. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I don't know what I meant. Okay. All right. Well, um, as always, we are grateful to producer Abby mm-hmm. for putting up with us, for producing this show. Thank you, Abby Circatella. Yep. You producer can, Abby, you're an actual person in, 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 our, our, in our world. <laughs> you can find us wherever you already found us. You can us. find us at that farm where we're mingling with our favorite <laughs> podcast episodes. You can find us on um, Apple Podcast, uh, G- Google <laughs> play podcast we try every week Stitcher, every week Castbox. we try and we try and remember a list of podcasting <laughs> platforms for no reason because no one's gonna have already gotten right to first us. of all like if you were gonna review the show you probably already have the show is over 10 years old secondly you already have a podcasting pl- platform that you that you like you know we're not gonna say <laughs> stitcher and you're suddenly gonna download stitcher and be like you know wow this is completely different from the thing i was using before <laughs> although our show is part of the stitcher family so it's not like i was picking on stitcher <laughs> so anyway <laughs> anyway so hold on you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast where mm-hmm. we want you to tell us about i don't know like what podcast episodes do you want to run around in a field with yeah that's a good question and we love facebook we have no criticisms of that company oh, whatsoever absolutely not oh no <laughs> I love having my privacy violated and uh-huh. violated and violated and again. And if you want to uh, violate our privacy, why don't you check us out on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast, uh, a place where we often say we'll post things and then and usually then we never don't. Do. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, we're wow. really going we, for it today. Maybe we need to, we have a, a, like our, our annual retreat coming up. I think we, there are some things we really need to talk about with <laughs> whether we should do them better. All right, fine. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to Spilled Milk Podcast, the show where we... Oh, whoops, we already did that part. <laughs> where, wait, were you, were you going to just say again that, we, that we're upstate mingling? No, I was going to say we cooked something delicious. <laughs> oh, no, we're caught in one of those infinite time loops. I knew this was going to happen, where we're just going to keep doing the same episode. Oh, my God. This is our Groundhog Day episode. Is he on a t- time loop? Like, where would you go? If you had a time machine, like you thought this episode was over, but I'm not going to no. Like, you know, I'm tempted to say that, like, there are historic historical periods that mm-hmm. I would be really interested in visiting. But I honestly think probably all of them were so like disease ridden yeah. and painful that like, I mean, like, I would love to have seen like ancient Egypt, like, like, uh, you know, um, 
I would love to have seen those tombs before they were raided. <laughs> and and possibly meet Lara Croft. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, but I, seriously, there was so much like pestilence and, and Oh yeah, and for I, sure. I think that I don't know where I would want to go. Yeah, you'd show up and be like, wait, why am I getting mummified? Yeah. Um I you know, okay, so this is this is my real answer. Like obviously this is the thing that would change every time. Um I lately like I've really been giving into like being a middle-aged dude and just like accepting that that's who I am and that's the, the kind of stuff I'm into. So I think I'm going to go back to like 1976 and go to a Led Zeppelin concert. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, why man, not? Cool. I mean it would definitely be a good time. God, why didn't I think of that? And, like whatever whatever drug was like the drug of the time, I would try it. God, do you know what I think I might want to do? This kind of surprises me because I'm not that huge of like a Bruce Springsteen fan. Uh I've seen Bruce Springsteen live. uh, But like, I think it could be really amazing to go back to like 1978, which is the year I was born, and see Bruce Springsteen in like a small club in Atlantic City. Like when he was like, young and even yes. more even more chiseled than he is now and just like humming with life that yeah. man i mean he still is but like yeah he still hums a lot but like no but i mean seriously like have you ever watched the, i've talked about it before on the show no this, because i can't ni- stand bruce springsteen but i know you love him and i respect that video of him singing thunder road in a club in new jersey mm-hmm. And he just, you can tell that he's on the verge of something. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's really powerful. Springs, Springsteen's on the verge of a nervous breakout. <laughs> nervous breakout. Nice Just because, like, he's going to break. Never mind. Yeah. Didn't work. Um, okay. Well, yeah, but anyway. I mean, but, yeah, but, like, you you wouldn't, it wouldn't be disappointing. Like, if you could use your time machine that way, like, it would be a guaranteed good time. Right. And that's what it's all about. Wait, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, then I could come back whenever I wanted. Yes. Would you visit yourself as a baby? No. And possibly cause a time paradox? No. No. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, see you next time. All right. Bye. I'm Matthew. Mm-hmm. No, you should start it. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.